Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. on this Tuesday morning. I'm thankful to be with you once again on Daybreak Devotions. And this is Pastor Mike Barnett and Pastor Corey Cantrell. So delighted to be back today. Did you like my intro better today? It was. Or did you like yesterday's better? Do you like the signature or do you just like the, the very peaceful, placid? You know, I like mixing it up Good. because someday is a signature-worthy day. Because well, I was thinking about tomorrow's Wednesday, so mm-hmm. I was thinking about opening up with you like to mix it up. I was thinking about opening up with some some sort of like wild, uh, maybe a little lick or two on the guitar, like like a rock sound. Ooh, wow, yeah, like a, like a, well, you said like a rock sound, but it's hard to say like like a Waylon, but he he was an old country guy. Oh, Waylon, not yeah. Waylon, like no, not, Waylon, not like Wailing, like yeah. Waylon. I'm real good at Waylon. <laughs> you should have been around when I was having my back trouble. Have I mentioned that I had back trouble? A little bit. You probably sounded like that uh, wolf-like creature that's been prowling around the church parking lot. Oh, yeah, I've been looking out for that thing. Well, we're we're going to move past the rant today and get into the scriptures of verse 89 through 96 of Psalm 119. But I, I hope that yesterday's uh, broadcast kind of set the stage for this. I mean, it, it's a problem that we all know exists, mm-hmm. so uh, we need to name it, and then we need to talk about what are we going to do to fix this. And, you know, we're not going to necessarily lay out all the practical tidbits you you could lay out today, but but I would say the most basic thing we can do if we're going to give attention to God's Word is read it mm-hmm. and then obey it. You know? Sure, listen to it preached. You know, there's a, we can come up with a list, but let's just let's just do it today. Let's just dive right in there. Let me read the opening verses here. Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They, that is the word. Continue this day, and, oh, the, that is the uh, generations, the heavens, the earth, and all that, all continue this day according to thine ordinance, for they, for all are thy servants. I did some terrible reading there, didn't I? It came out, though. It's okay. That's how it sounded in my head. But it anyway, you got the point. It didn't come out quite that bad. All right, good. So we'll stop the reading right there. We're going to pick up these verses as we go through it in just a moment. Well, yesterday we spent our time on where we should not give our attention to so much. So today, where should we give our time and attention to? And, of course, the answer is the Word of God. And what is the Word of God? I'd like to take a few moments here to discuss that. I shared some of this last week in our Wednesday night Bible study, but Psalm 119 has eight different Hebrew words that it uses to express the the meaning of the word of God as we we would just commonly talk about the word of God in English those are translated into seven words you get law uh, word judgments testimonies commandments statutes precepts and then the word word there's two Hebrew words that are translated as just word in in our Bible so anyway across the board in 176 verses there are some 178 references to God's word. And when you consider what it's saying through all those different words that I just highlighted, basically you have in this psalm God's teaching, his revelation, his discernments, that is his judgments, his witness, what he says about something, his orders, that is the the commandments he gives that we're to obey, 
uh, his scriptures, that is the written word, his principles, in other words, uh, what God would say about or the guidance he would give over certain things, and then the expressions of his heart. Now, if you think about what I just said, one of the things we do is many times when we speak about God's word, we speak of it and we're talking about just the Bible. We're talking about just what's written down here. But if we're going to make the word of God our delight and our lives are going to be defined by it, directed by it, discharged in it, then we need to not only speak of the scriptures, but we need to speak of the word of God in the sense of what he speaks into our heart on a daily basis himself, directly to us. I think, I can't remember if you were quoting something that you had read before or if this was your observation, but it's been some time back. You, you kind of gave a similar example to where if, if your children were to continue in your word and you were to write them a letter with instructions for how they should live their life, it would be understood that they were going to put more into practice other than just what was on the contents of that paper. They're going to remember things that you had discussed with them, life lessons, trips that you all had been on together, and experiences and things like that. And all of that would be them continuing on in your word, not necessarily just the physical you know, written letters that they had on that paper to carry with them. And that, to me, is what you're, you're explaining right there with the Word of God. It's the same way. It's so much more than just the black, white, and red ink that we have in this leather-bound book, but it's the Word that comes from living and walking and dwelling with God each and every day. And, you know, just to be clear, I know you're not, I'm not, we're not, we're not of the, the people who would say something like this, and I don't want to misrepresent anybody, Someone uses this expression. I'm not presuming to know what everybody means that says it. But we are not of the people who, who would say, well, the words themselves don't matter. It's just the overall meaning. That's not what we're saying. The words do matter. You yes. can't have meaning without words. What we're saying is that while the Bible is the word of God and God will never speak something that's contradictory or contrary to the written word, it is not the only way he speaks to yes. us. And so, yes, that illustration would flesh that out very well. Um, Dallas Willard, I think, said it very well in the book Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. He said, it is clear that while the Bible is the written word of God, the word of God is not simply the Bible. The way we know that is so, above all, is by paying attention to what the Bible says. And what he's alluding to right there, a couple of different things. Number one, there are scriptures which tell us that God is going to speak to us in other ways than just through Scripture. And then there are examples of people in the Bible whom God spoke to in ways other than through Scripture. And so this is how God works, is how he operates. I mean, now somebody might you know, want to pick a, pick a fight over me using Abraham or Moses as an example, right? Moses heard from God through a burning bush. Mary and Joseph heard from Gabriel, the angel come and came and told them. So they, they heard it from something other than Scripture. And somebody might say, well, that's, that's, that's just how God worked with Israel, or that was something in the Old Testament times. Well, the problem with that is Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they will follow yes. me. And then he says, I think in John 16 it is, 
where he says that he has many more things to say to his disciples, but he, they cannot bear them at that time. But he said, when I go away, I will send the comforter, and he will teach you all things whatsoever I have said, and he will guide you to all truth. So he very plainly says that you're going to hear from me through the Holy Spirit, yes. and I'm going to be teaching you what you need to know. The verse that so often gets used when you use Abraham, Moses, Mary, and Joseph I believe I believe it's 1 Corinthians 12 or 13. It's right in there with the charity passage. But it's where it talks about, but when that which is perfect is to come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And so many times it is that that is used to say, see, this is how God operated before the completion of the canon of scriptures. And now that we have the completed word of God, all of these people didn't have that. And so God operated one way with them, but now he operates through his word. You're making my quill stand on edge. <laughs> But the the there's 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 an element of throwing the baby out with the bathwater to understand. Okay, yes, obviously God had to give His written word to people. Well, I'm I'm afraid to let you go very far making this point without interjecting that that's a complete misappropriation and bad interpretation of that scripture. It has nothing to do with the written or word of God. Mm-hmm. It has to do with love. It has to do with spiritual gifts. Yes, that which is perfect is love. So anybody that teaches or preaches that using that passage is just repeating something that they heard somebody else say, and they've not even looked at the Scripture itself, and that's what gets my quills on edge. <laughs> and and that that still, you can, you can, and you can reconcile this thought. God, God speaks to me. There's no way of denying what you just said. Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice. To hear the Word of God in my life, knowing that I don't have to— I don't have to be upset about this and worried, oh no, is this a false spirit because I my spirit has been drawn and I don't have a book chapter and verse, you know, it's not like a a Bible verse that I memorized come to my mind, okay, that's God speaking to me. I can take the pressure off of that of knowing I can trust my thoughts, my 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 God-directed urges that are drawing me into a deeper thought about the Lord. I can trust that this is still the voice of God speaking to me because it's not violating. It's not, or in other words, it's not some kind of extra biblical revelation where I have been given something brand new that is so contrary to Scripture. That is what we are on guard against. That we would say, no, God's not going to tell you something differently than what He has recorded in His Word. But we don't have to be so standoffish either. As Jesus himself said, and I've been uh, quoting this verse and trying to reinforce this over and over and over again, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Your heart in Christ is a treasury of good things. Why? Because it's been deposited in there by the Spirit of God and by the time you spend in the Word of God. Now, if you're somebody that doesn't spend much time in God's Word, the written Word you're not going to have the, the language skills, if you will, to discern God's voice in other ways. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons that we need to spend so much time in the Bible, because it helps us develop our ability to hear and speak in biblical language. But you can, to your point, you can trust the good heart that God has given you. Now, what is this psalm calling us to, this section 89 through 96? And I wrote down three things. The first one I'm just going to say we've already been talking about for these last 10 minutes, and that's just the faithfulness of God's Word, is understanding 
that it is, as he says, it's forever. It is unto all generations. You know, you see that in, uh, was it verse two, 90? These are not verse 1 and 2. These are 89 and 90. And then also I like the phrase in verse 91, they continue this day. That makes it very present. It's not just something that's forever eternal. It's not something from just the past, but right now, this very day. And Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so the question that that presents to us is, are we filled up on God's word? And as much as God's word is faithful, we need to be faithful to God's word. Mm -hmm. So, So that's what we're called to. But to that point, the second part of this psalm in verse 92 through 94, I think it's calling us to a life which is consigned to God's word. Now, the word consigned I use because it means given over to. I have yielded my entire life over to God's word. That's what he's saying. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. It's his delight. That means his enjoyment. In a word, it means enjoyment. My enjoyment. Everything that I get pleasure. And I, let, me, let me back up. That, that might be sensational right there. He said, my greatest pleasure comes from the word of God. But there's a very real sense in which when the greatest pleasure of life comes from the word of God, it actually enhances the pleasure in other pleasurable things. Because we start discovering God and seeing God in the other aspects of our life. Everything from the sunrise in the morning and to, to, to the laughter of your children to the lyrics of a hymn, we are seeing and hearing from God in all of that. You mean every good gift and every perfect gift is from above? That You ought to write that down. Man, that sounds really familiar. But, I mean, I don't know the exact reference of that verse. James chapter 1, verse something. Okay, see, there you go. All right. But, but take that to heart and understand... Man, it's, it's so easy to religify that Ooh. and be like, well, okay, yeah, that's that's when I'm in church on Sunday morning, that's when that verse comes to life. Well, hopefully that's true, but hopefully that's not the only time that that verse comes to life. God gave you far more than your 11 o'clock worship service, or he gave you far more than your midweek Bible study. Everything in your life that brings you wholehearted joy and pleasure is a gift from your Father that you can discover God in. And then it enriches so much more when you begin discovering God in the good things that he gave you to begin with. Back to our discussion yesterday and those practical tips that came out of that article. You know, talk. the last one was talking over what you've watched on television and, and training yourselves into biblical discernment. You know, when you develop the mind of Christ and a mind and a heart for God, you begin to discern, even mm-hmm. when you're watching you know, something on television or watching a movie, you, you're able to pick up on spiritual lessons and applications from that. Well, that turns that whole experience into something totally other than yes. I just wasted two hours of my life. And I understand. I, I felt the experience of I just wasted two hours of my life when I have set through things that maybe I was just all for whatever, but I, I didn't make application. I just sort of mind-numbingly numbingly sat there. Well, well, I don't want that. That's not a good use of my time. But learning to discern God comes from us consigning or giving over ourselves wholly to God's word. And why would he do that? Because he says that it is by the word that he has been quickened, verse 93. That means made to live. I've been brought to life. I've been revived and nourished by and restored in the word of God. And so because of that, he says, 
in uh, verse 94, I have sought thy precepts. And that word salt means this is the place he treads frequently. I've used this illustration so many times. When I think of uh, a path or an area that's been tread frequently, of course, uh, you, you, you know, you can see it in your yard if you have certain places the children play or whatever. But I always think of growing up, my grandparents had cows all the time. And you could look across the field and see those trails that they walked back and forth to certain areas where they would go to graze or they would go up to the barn or they would come to the water, water trough. And they would just, those trails would be cut. So as we look at our life, what sort of frequent treading are we doing? Because there's going to be obvious paths in our life. When we get up in the morning, where do we frequently tread to first thing? So keep it within the context of this, this discussion. Are we frequently treading to our news feeds and television and social media? Or are we frequently treading straight to our place of prayer, of solitude, and being with God? These are marks of our life that are very important. And we need to give our whole life to the Word of God because it is life. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I mentioned this last week on the Wednesday night study too, Matthew 24, verse 11 through 13. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. The three things that we've talked about a number of times here in the church, why is it important to develop this devout life, this devout way of walking with God? Because in the last days, Jesus said there's going to be, number one, a prevalence of temptation. And I use that word temptation over sin because I want it to be understood. I need All of us need to understand. We're not just saying prevalence of sin, oh, look out there. Look at the debauchery that's going like crazy. Right. It's prevalence of temptation because it is going to affect us. Yes. It's going to be knocking on our door, and it's going to be tempting our hearts and minds. And so we need to be aware of the prevalence of temptation. And then... The reign of hostility, just the culture, the environment that we live in is going to continue, going to get more and more difficult to live in and among. And Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, 1, in the last days, perilous times shall come. I think we mentioned it yesterday or the day before, but perilous means strength reducing. This is going to be such an age and such a culture that you're going to, you won't be able to stand in it without the help of God's spirit and his truth. So the prevalence of temptation, the reign of hostility, and the deception of religion. Jesus said there's going to be false prophets rising everywhere. Now, false prophets who rise in the name of, you know, whatever I just said, we don't care about them. They right. don't bother us. We kind of we kind of mark them off as fools and yeah. Uh, Christians aren't even following the more common, you know, Buddhist and all these things. We're not following. What we're going to be tripped up by is those who come in the name of Jesus who look just enough like the real thing to begin to pull us away. And how does that happen? 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers. What kind of teachers? Christian, quote, Christian teachers. Bible teachers. And they're going to be drawn to them. Why? Because they have itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So why is it important to give our whole life to the Word of God? Because only the devout will survive in those last days. Jesus said, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I told, I was with your dad a couple of days ago, last week or whenever it was, I, I told him about that verse and how I had mentioned those three things, and I said, you know, 
I'm kind of getting fond of just reading that verse. He that it shall endure unto the end shall be saved and not even trying to offer an explanation. Because that verse ought to weigh heavy on our hearts yes. and make us think, whoa, what did Jesus mean? Bingo. That's how you should be thinking. What did Jesus mean? Because that's going to drive you to examine and, and consider your own ways. So as you're sitting there talking about, especially the, the prevalence of the false teachers, I, I got this, this um, like currency example that started running through my mind. I've heard my whole life, you know, they tell bank tellers, store clerks and stuff, when they're looking out for counterfeit bills, don't study the counterfeit, but study the real authentic thing. Mm -hmm. Because by being so well versed in the real authentic thing, you'll be able to spot the counterfeit. I would have no, if somebody came up to me and handed me a counterfeit $100 bill, pretty good chance that I'm going to believe it because, I mean, a good counterfeit. Right. You know, if somebody was to come up and give me a quality counterfeit. Yeah, not $100 of Monopoly money. But, I mean, if somebody was to come up and give me a quality counterfeit, I'm going to look at that and be like, oh, wow, sweet, thanks. Thanks, friend. And I'm going to have no idea because I don't really handle a lot of $100 bills. But to take that application— At least not so as anybody would know it. That's right. But to take that application, that's the importance of, of being so well-versed in God's Word. I don't need to study every false teacher out there to be able to identify what's a false teacher. I need to so pour myself into God's Word that regardless of how good and flashy and close to the original that false teacher looks, I'll be able to peg and identify, okay, he may look the part— he ain't the real thing because I'm anchored in the real thing. Yep. The real thing never changes, but the counterfeiting always gets adjusted yes. to try to be better. Anyway, number three, the third part of this this section, and, and I guess that'll take us to the end today. I noticed the resolute courage of the writer. He says, The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And what you see, this courage that he has, and it's resolute because he's not moving. He's staying true, and he's, he's standing. He's not going anywhere. It's anchored in his faith. That's where it comes from because he is anchored into the Word of God. He has such solid faith. And I'm reminded as I read that of all those stories and scenes in film of the warriors that are standing in the middle of the battlefield. And I can't think of an example right now, but I know I've seen this many times, but you'll, you got all the chaos going around them and, and they're just kind of, they're, they're, they focus in. And so they kind of not, they block out all the chaos and then they launch into their, you know, they're all their martial arts or shooting or whatever they're doing. And they just take out everybody. Yeah. It's like every good star Wars movie when the Jedi is in the middle of the battlefield and there's blaster bolts going on around him and he's just standing there focused oh, and then there just you go. cuts down so a whole droid force. army. Yeah. Use the force, Luke. Exactly. I don't think that was the right voice for uh, Obi-Wan, was no, it? No, not quite, but <laughs> it's all right. Anyway, uh, we'd have to get Deacon Dean in to do that <laughs> voice. Anyway, uh, so, so basically what I, what I want to bring out about that is I think about the role of contemplative prayer in that and just learning how to focus our mind and, and keep our souls undistracted so that we can be ready for the fight. And that's going to be praying in, or in and around thoughts about God and his word. What has God said to me? And, and kind of centering my soul on that, finding a peacefulness in this chaos and being able to function from that. Absolutely. So I guess because the old clock on the wall says it's time to go, we'll better end it right there. So we hope you'll join us again tomorrow and have a great remainder of your day.
thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.